This episode is brought to you in part by Blue Chew. Let's talk about sex, baby. Dudes, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. BlueChew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. With BlueChew, men everywhere are excited to see the postman because when your package has arrived, your package has arrived. Get it? Blue Chew wants to help you have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our Douglas Movies listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code DLM at checkout. Just pay five bucks for shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code DLM to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Back to the show. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Doug hates candy wrappers, screaming baby sticky seeds with 50 as and popcorn kernels in his teeth. There's still not one that he won't see, cause Doug loves movies. Hello everybody. Welcome to Doug Loves Movies. It's uh, we taped these a little bit in advance, so it's 2007. Everybody, <laughs> happy, happy New Year! And I'm back with more loving of more movies here at the UCB Theater in Los Angeles. Uh, not live, but in front of a live audience. Thanks for coming out, you guys. Oh, this is a lo- this is a hot one. We might have we might have uh, hit a record number of attending peoples. Um, sorry to get all into show business jargon in front of you guys. Peoples is what we call audience members. O.J. Simpson. Uh, How does this fit into movies? Well, he was in several of them. The Naked Gun films. 
Yeah, saved a cat in Towering Inferno. Anyway, movie star O.J. Simpson, also uh, murderer, has written has written a book called If I Did It, How I Would Have Done It. And apparently none of us are going to see this book. It's not actually going to be published. But I at least hope that the way he would have done it if he did it would be to do it in a way that would leave more suspects than just himself. <laughs> He's had some time to think about it and improve the plan. <laughs> Throw in, like, get a, hire, get a housekeeper in there or something. <laughs> All right, uh, my guest today co-created and starred in Mr. Show. He, yeah, that's right. The credits are getting applause. He played <laughs> Tobias Funke on Arrested Development. And he's currently one of the minds behind Freak Show on Comedy Central. Please welcome the beautiful brain of David Cross, everybody. Now is when you clap. There he is. Yay. Let's do this. Let's do this. Hello, David. I'm, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> Are you going to be answering one question ahead the entire interview? Uh, I guess 14 or 15. I don't remember. Uh, it was, when was the I first was... star-rated movie that you saw? That's cheating. <laughs> You're making a Mobius that time would, strip. That would really help me out if you would give me the answers first. I do remember and the I'll first figure out what the question is. rated movie I saw. Though. What was that? Uh, it was Dirty Mary and Crazy Larry. Or, or <laughs> Could crazy, go either way. Crazy, yeah, Dirty Mary Dirty. and Crazy Larry, right? Yeah. With Dirty Peter Mary Fonda and, and Susan Larry. George. And yeah. they, that's when I learned what a dingleberry was. <laughs> and uh, there was... I still uh, want to know. You don't know what a dingleberry is? Yeah, I know what it is. <laughs> oh, for those people out yeah. in the audience who don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so they explain it in the movie, because one of the characters doesn't know. The character who represents me, the average Joe audience member, 14-year-old kid in Roswell, Georgia, who's, um, you know, uh, am I boring you? <laughs> no, you I'm, I, I got obsessed <laughs> with looking up. Uh, is, this why, is this why you have an audience, so you can ask a question, then take a nap, or <laughs> yeah. leaf through No, some they're stuff. listening. The audience yeah, is you, totally <laughs> listening. I'm just, uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to find Dirty Larry, Crazy Mary. Oh, it, yeah, it's, um, it was, I can't remember who directed it, but Peter Fonda's in it, and Susan George, if they have, like, an actor thing, and it was obviously the 70s. Um, I think it starts crazy. Crazy? See, I looked up dirty first. I should have right, looked so up crazy. crazy. No, what? it's a different movie with uh, <laughs> crazy Harry? a similar word. It shares the same word in the title as this movie, but it was crazy. Mary. Crazy Mary and, and dirty, dirty Larry. Larry. Anyway, uh, but they... Um, of course the woman's going to be crazy. No, she's dirty. Who wants to watch a dirty... She's dirty. Uh, the guy's crazy, I think. Um, <laughs> she's dirty because uh, she likes to have sex, which makes you dirty if you're a woman. If you're a man, it makes you virile and normal. And if you're a woman, it makes you whorish and demonic and mentally uncertain, unstable. Um, I found crazy mama... No. Nope. And crazy moon and crazy people and the crazy quilt. No. Nope. But no crazy someone, dirty someone else. <laughs> or look on or you looked under dirty, right? I guarantee you it's the, it's some it's crazy or dirty and we'll find it at some point. And uh Crazy Beautiful. Um, dirty. Crazy Jack yeah. and the Boy. Do you guys <laughs> that know what sounds it, great. Dirty Mary, crazy Larry, yeah. 
Dirty Mary, See, Crazy it is Larry. Dirty first. Well, then oh, you terrible. said you looked at dirty. I looked at it, but I you were talking. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so it's hard, it's hard for me to um, concentrate. But that was my first R-rated movie, and uh, and she gets. Do you remember topless. liking it? I liked. Uh, I mean, I, I I was still really fascinated with movies. This is before I saw the second Matrix, and uh, um, had a you know innocent childlike joy of just the idea of movies, and uh, and I liked it, you know, because. At that point, I mean, I hadn't seen every single type of movie uh, that was going to come out uh, ever, you know, until I was, like, in my late 20s. And now they just recycle the same stuff. So going to the movie has a lot less joy. Like, if I saw I saw Casino Royale a couple days ago, you know, and not reluctantly, but kind of like, uh, you know, bored, I guess that's supposed to be okay. And, and if I had never seen... A movie like that before, I would have been the greatest movie ever. But right. it just, it's you're looking at it in a, in relative terms to other movies and going, yeah, it's all right. you know, that's how I enjoy movies unless they're really uh, you know original or something. Well, and the length seen. thing is getting out of hand. It's easily twenty minutes too long. The which one? The the new Casino Royale. Would you say though the length? The length. Oh, the length. Yeah. Running time is too long. Well, I mean, it's not too long if you have a decent movie. I just hate these. I just most well, movies that I movie don't was like. too long. That's what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> you know, the the like the poker match, the, ma- best, the, the poker best match, thing. That the was big the best poker thing. match. He only wins because he's lucky. No, but you're, also you, when you get a straight flush, that's luck, or you're cheating. Yes. Like, <laughs> but it's so it's it's written. Um, and I saw that Paul Haggis had like a credit. Yeah. Like he probably punched it up, and uh, oh yeah, and he probably was the you know genius behind. Well, uh, James Bond always plays Baccarat, but you know what the kids are into today is Texas Hold'em. Right. So all of a sudden, for the first time in Bond history, even though it's the first Bond film, supposedly the first Bond story, right. he's at a casino in Europe uh, where, uh, you know, these you know crazy uh, millionaire, multi-millionaires from all around the world gather to play, a, what, Baccarat? No, Texas Hold'em. They saw it on fucking Bravo. So Yeehaw! Yeah, the, the, the <laughs> Japanese guy who has one line who people laughed at when I went and saw it. They laughed in the theater I was in when he went, uh... All in, 150 million, or whatever he said. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. But the best thing is they... ay when he didn't hit it. (laughs) 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 He, uh, he, uh, um, the, the, uh, what was I going to say? He puts it in, and then they have, uh, like, one of the, one of the greatest actors in the last 40 years, at least, uh, Giancarlo Giannini, is in that movie solely to as exposition to tell you, explain what uh, Texas Hold'em is and how right. the rules are. And that's what he does. He leans over to the woman while they're playing this 20-minute long game. I don't know if you've seen the movie. It's, it's, a, it's so mind-numbingly boring, yeah. that scene. <laughs> where, Spoiler alert. Again, like, it's all luck, and then the guy, his tell is the most obvious, like a, a retarded <laughs> child tell. who just woke up out of a coma would go, huh, that's his tell, you know. Yeah. And, and he goes like this. He, go, he gets nervous, and he itches over here. And, and then Bond goes, like, sees it, and he goes, that's his tell. I found his tell. Like, he's some genius who... Uh, and then Giancarlo, go, you know, would say, um, okay, now he just put in... Uh, he, he went all in. That means all the money's in. $150 million in the pot. Whoever wins this wins the whole thing. 
no, and you have to watch. Yeah, the only difference was you, their hands didn't come up on the screen. You couldn't see what their hands yeah, were until true. the reveal at the end. But I was as soon as that guy had a, a a boat, the other guy, the bleeding eye guy. I was like, James Bond's got a fucking straight it's plus. Right, of course, you it's look so at the obvious, cards, look at the board, and you can tell that's going to You're like, he's got a five and a six. And I was spades. being a dick because I was leaning over to my girlfriend, acting like I'm the you know like I'll show her how smart I am, and I was doing that. Like not, but she doesn't know Texas Hold'em, so I ruined it for her by going, you know, like he's got a straight flush. Bond's got a straight flush. I mean, that's the, clearly the only thing. He's, she like, should have been. No, she should have been so impressed by that. She should have yeah. been like, "Holy shit, you know your poker." Wow, you you got a hold of this script before. It, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You sat through the whole movie just to impress me <laughs> when we watched it together. And I like. Uh, remember when the dealer at one point goes. Uh, um, He's called him, and now he's it's it's Bond's last chance to uh, to respond and uh, or to act. And he goes, uh, Mister Bond, it's up to you. When he the correct fr- phrase is, it's to you. The bet's to you. Yeah, yeah. He goes, the bet's up to you. No, the bet isn't up to you. Somebody on the set, nobody, nobody on the nobody set knew. said it's that's not the correct phrase. All right, forget it. Enough of that movie. We've already given it. Dirty Mary and Crazy Larry. Did you see it? It's right here in print. There you go. What does it say? 93 minutes of... Uh... Good running time. That's a good running uh, time. Oh, marred, marred only by a downbeat finale. Oh, no. The, that's the best part about it, is it doesn't have a stupid Hollywood... Mo- they they uh, get killed at the end. That's what he means by downbeat. Yeah, yeah. Is that it's, uh, it's realistic. <laughs> oh, I thought by downbeat they just didn't get to the town they were trying to get to or something. You know, no, he farted. They broke the up. End. No, it's crazy. They try to outrun this train, and uh, um, it's like Zabriskie Point or whatever. They try to outrun the. They're running against uh, mm-hmm. from the cops. And anyway, Dingleberry. That's they use that phrase, and I remember it. And I was with my my friend who was like this really uh, tough kid who was like, you know, uh, he ended up going to jail, and one of those kids, you know, hanging out and. George is smoking when he was like 11 and you know he'd build ramps and oh know, like dude. Jackie Earl Haley in uh, Bad News Bears yeah kind of yeah yeah uh, without the I don't know if it's uh, do you think he grew up to be like a weirdo like have you seen Little Children I did I was uh, disappointed me too yeah I didn't think didn't live was... up to the hype no I uh, and I tried to go I, I tried to go see those type of movies before I know very before I I know anything about them like I just want to know as little as possible and sort of get a feel like oh people like it oh it's Todd Field oh it's these guys let's give it a shot so I don't know anything about it but uh, yeah I didn't care I, I liked it I liked it less the further away from it I got I didn't like it uh, towards the last 20 minutes I really started not liking it but then the more I thought about it the more I didn't like it, as opposed to other movies where you walk away and you're, you wasn't weren't that into it, and then as you're thinking about it, you're going, you know what, that was pretty cool, that was good, you know. Would like it Mary be Poppins. better? Would it be better or worse without the, um, you know, uh, scientific narration? The uh, like sounds like a you know an instructional film of some kind. I th- I thought that was one of the few interesting things about it that I. You mean the act of uh, uh, just the presence of VO or the way that they chose to? The way the to... VO is just some, like the way some dude it. that sounds like he's giving a lecture or talking it's the about... the guy who does... Uh, a, you know, uh, I stayed for the... Uh, National Geographic kind of thing. Well, he does. that guy does um, Frontline, I think. He yeah. does Frontline or Nova or one of those... Um, right, yeah. It's very Nova-esque. Shows, yeah. You know? <laughs> and uh, 
uh, I like that. I thought that was interesting. And uh, yeah, I think that I think that's say I think that's what kind of put it over the top and made people like it as much as they do. You know, and I just I, don't I just like VO. Do. I don't think VO is necessary usually, and it's overused. And um, like on Oliver Bean. Ugh, yeah. One example, yeah, where well, I believe yes. you were the voiceover. Well, that was a that that was a. Um, uh, <laughs> I thought that's just an example. It's, no, it doesn't I think mean that's you a, didn't think it was good. No, I didn't think it was good, and uh, uh, also it was a TV show. Let's move on. <laughs> not Let's Doug not Benson, talk not about TV. TV. We came here to talk about. But that uh, whole thing was a who's rip the off man? of who's Wonder the Years, man? which was a rip off of uh, Gene Shepard. You know, right. Mick, uh, Adam Rourke was in Dirty Mary Crazy Larry. He was? Mm-hmm. What did he do? I don't know. It just says his name. <laughs> and Vic Morrow. Wait, who's Adam Rourke? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> For some reason, I was like, really? Adam Rourke? Yeah, I looked I down at it and was like, Adam Rourke? I, was, I don't know who Adam Rourke is. I don't know who he is either. No. I just got it. For some reason, I looked at it and got excited about it because I already knew about Peter Fonda and Susan George. Yeah, your uh, your exuberance like completely. Uh, I sucked it up. And I, I think my first nudity was the the woman painted gold in uh, Goldfinger. I think was the first time I saw like a naked woman. Well, see, that was a, a naked naked. These were like I nipples know. and all that stuff, and uh, and a little a little patch of fuzz, like right, like she kind of undoes her pants. No, oh, it's hilarious. There's some like PG. I saw that movie Lifeguard with Sam Elliott. That uh, from the seventies, and you're friends like, with Sam Elliott. Yeah, hey, we he's went so together. much older than you. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, it was like a Big Brother thing. Out, yeah. He took you to movies. All right, cool. Speaking of narration, his narration in Raising Arizona is awesome. Yes. Or not? I mean, Big uh, Lebowski. Big yes. Lebowski. Uh, I don't know what the fuck I was talking. But about. But he also, you see the narrator, so that's some. That's a mitigating factor, I think. For a oh yeah, yeah. But it's it's just thing. it's but it's you know it's fun narration it's interesting you know it's, yes it's got a character and that's sort of how it is in uh, in Little Children. Have you seen the narrators? <laughs> it's a it's a ninety minute movie. It's um, it's it's a ta- it's like a um, a kind of a round table. Thing. I some t- I'm going to do what I'm going to do is I'm going to wait for when the when it comes out on DVD and I can listen to the commentary. I like to. <laughs> Sometimes listen to the commentary the first time through. Sure, without the with take the picture off and just listen to the commentary. Yeah, and because uh, they'll they'll fucking tell you what's going on. That's all they do is sit and talk about it. Like it might as well just be somebody that has seen the movie well, sitting there talking about. It. Oh, I remember that day. It was hot out. You know, it's a sunny scene. And- yeah, I have uh, I have I have a porno uh, on DVD. Uh, I think it's Talk Dirty to Me Part Something and. I got it, and I was at a, a DVD store, and then I saw it, and I did like a double take, and I've never seen this before or since on a porno tape, uh, which is a director's commentary on the track. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. So I got it, and it's <laughs> so great. It's so funny, because there's long, long pauses. I mean, it's a, a porn director who acted in it, and it's just like a shitty porn. You know, it's not, a, it's not even one of those big budget things. It's just your random whatever. And uh, and so he's talking about himself, and he's. I mean, the guy doesn't have much of a personality. I mean, he, he can't be the brightest guy in the world. And now he's like sitting, you know, and he clearly doesn't know what to say. And it's all stuff like he literally talks about his shirt <laughs> and where he got his shirt because, and he got his shirt because it was chilly. Um, I'm not joking. It's like the first time you see him, um, he's like he steps like he's just gotten out of prison, but he's just walking down like train tracks. Which if you can't shoot by a prison, you might as well throw them in train tracks is all prisons are right by train tracks and uh the train tracks directly lead to your old home and 
and he's just walking, and, he, and he's sort of like, yeah. Um, and there's like three minute pauses in between things. He's like, yeah. Um, as I you got, I got a flannel shirt on there. Uh, wasn't wasn't gonna wear that. I had uh, somebody go out because it was it was just chilly that that day. And then we we had to use it for the other scenes. Uh, and then he's like, uh, there's uh, Missy. She's a she's a she's great great girl, great piece of ass. <laughs> it's just, it's great. It's great. That sounds awesome. I thought of the story. Of when uh, Chevy Chase used to be funny, mm-hmm. uh, and I think he may have crossed over in this during the course of this story. The movie he was watching is his least, like when he started being really not funny. Uh, at the premiere of Spies Like Us, mm-hmm. the first you know five minutes into it, they're in the desert or whatever, and uh, Chevy Chase from his seat just yells out, "Sure was hot that day, wasn't it, Danny?" You know, and Dan Aykroyd's on like the other side of the theater, and like yelled some some sort of response, and that that got the biggest laugh. Like the movie got no laughter yeah. from the Hollywood crowd of friends of theirs, but that one moment was like. And the that's where the moment. idea to have DVD commentary, should DVDs ever be invented, yes, came about. <laughs> so, uh, have you? Are you going to see the shit out of Dreamgirls? I know you love that kind of thing. I, you know, I mean, black people make me uncomfortable, and just the idea, the idea of black people from a generation I can't even begin to, I don't know, understand half their language, I mean, it's, uh, well, I, I don't know, I don't know. Um, I, you know, I, I honestly don't see that many movies, because they, they are eight times out of ten disappointing, I, and I, that looks like a movie that I'm not going to be that into. I'm not into musicals. That much, um, although I assume the music would be better because it's kind of genre specific. But um, you've you obviously happen happen to catch enough of musicals to be good at uh, doing you know musical yeah, I mean, parody I can, because I can, that shit when you do that stuff it's so hilarious. Yeah, but that's just imitating something that uh, you caught a glimpse of or something. Well, no, I did. Really I did musical it. theater in uh, in high school for a couple years, and uh, I uh, I did a couple shows. I did. Uh, the I did West Side Story, Grease, and Pippin, um, which is always a great reference. And ever if I ever reference Pippin, think people think I'm joking, and it's some sort of brilliant esoteric like, "Wow, good pull!" But I was like, "Oh, I was." <laughs> but that I never was the tell third him, show like, that you were in. Yeah, so I was in. I played King Charlemagne. <laughs> Thank you. Think about the sun, Pippin. Um, but I and I but I always uh, I I had a kind of uh, love hate relationship with that whole world because when I I went to a school of the arts which I uh, in not being hyperbolic kind of saved my life I don't know I don't know if I would have continued uh, I either would have killed myself or just run away from home or something I was it was a miserable existence in uh, in Roswell Georgia and then we moved into the city and I went to this school and we moved in so I could go to the school and it just was a completely different group of people right you were now you're at the school where most of the alien kids were in from Roswell yeah and you were able to interact with them <laughs> yeah that's great uh, <laughs> that's, that's good stuff um, <laughs> 
No, but I know what you're talking about. You're 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 suddenly like, in a world where like you, you not only fit in, you're like the best at it. Like it's you know you're. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't you. know that I was the best at it, but it was uh, but it was like uh, you know, especially in the drama department. But I didn't get to the drama department till eleventh grade. In the first year, I was in musical theater. And I kind of liked it because I was just able to do stuff. There was no PE. There was no, like, I didn't have to do gym or any of that stuff. And uh, um, But on the same hand, and and I share this feeling today, uh, I loathe those kind of drama queen, you know, I uh, like that kind of fey musical theater world and those girls who are like you know i'm totally hooked on aspirin you know just like make a you know whatever and then the guy and i can't stand them and i couldn't stand them then but i was happy to be in that world so there was a there was like a little mix there but i was i did a bunch of shows because i was i was you know so happy to be out of that the world i come from so yeah i ended up i know that world but i can easily parody it but in its weird way, it was also like it, it just got you used to the idea of being on stage and performing and like, you know, all that yeah. stuff pushed you towards, you know, what Definitely, you do yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Next question. Of all the movies that you've done, like, do you have one that's like a, a favorite or that you're most proud of? I mean, I know you've played a lot of parts and stuff that you don't necessarily have any control over. Yeah, I think most most things is. weren't that good, but I think there were. I mean, uh, uh, you mean like that I mean, movie like or throw me? a hard one at you? Uh, There's e- nothing... either either one. Like, yeah, either your performance or the movie. You know, well, like, I'm, I'm, I mean, a lot of I'm, people I'm, be fucking so so amped to be like in the scene you're in in uh, Men in Black. Oh, like, that was people yeah. fucking love that. You know what I mean? Like, so that's like cool that you did that, but I know that you're like you don't really you know care. No, I don't care. Well, I don't care about that kind of stuff. I mean, I was really, I was really, really, uh, you know, uh, flattered and excited to do something with Michelle Gondry. So that was great. I had that uh, a couple brief scenes um, in the Spotless Mind. Inter- yeah, Eternal Sunshine and a Charlie Kaufman script, and uh, and uh, and that was just fun and. You know, it was more of like that was easy to do. It was more of just like sort of, you know, it was very flattering, and and you know, I felt. Uh, yeah, it ended up being a cool movie. You like, yeah. you have well, a cool you part in a cool be. movie. Yes, and there's that, and then there was like uh, waiting for Guffman, and then there's. Uh, um, yeah, do you ever like rub it in Bob's face that his that he doesn't have any dialogue, and you do? He's just standing there in a cape in a hallway, you know? and well, you actually get to talk. <laughs> Well, they. I mean, I. I, I know how those movies are made in that weird way, where they like. Yeah, especially cut stuff. that kind of thing where they're improvising a lot of stuff, and you're just going to find, oh, this story is extraneous, and you know, I, I, I'm positive it had nothing to do with performance, or it was just a matter of like we don't have time to do this thing. I'm sure he loved what he did, um, but. Uh, yeah, like stuff like that, and then you know, there's a couple things here and there. Like, what about? I've never seen. I saw on IMDb you did a short film with uh, Gondry. Yeah. Uh, called the Turd. No. Uh, or you you play the Turd. I play his his. Poo. It's called One Day or something. It's called like that. One Day, and uh, and you play the Turd. I play the Turd, and uh, and you know, uh, Michelle and I uh, get along uh, uh, quite well. He. Uh, I think was trying to date my girlfriend when we were broken up, and that's all right. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Um, and uh, but he, 
he's also uh, she's um, pretty awesome. So she's good. You got to give him credit for having <laughs> yeah. good taste. Um, but uh, he. Yeah, he called me up about he had this idea, and I only understood every third word. And then uh, you can only there's a sense you get uh, where I can only ask him to repeat something like twice before I just move on and go. All right, I'll try to. It's a plane. What? <laughs> it's a plane? No, it's a plane. <laughs> it's a plate. Is it? Uh, you know, I don't know. But um, uh, and so then uh, then I get the script, which is, I mean, it, it was. Nonsensical. It was like half. It wasn't even like typed in a format. It wasn't like Final Draft. It was just this thing that it was printed out, and I went to go get like something fitted. written by Crispin Glover or something. It, it was really. It was. It was. I mean, when you when you said if you said oh this person's uh, first language is in English, you go oh okay now I get it. <laughs> and um, and then we talked about it. And I sort of got an idea of what he wanted, but I was in this huge, uh, nasty hard plastic uh, poo thing <laughs> and um and it was literally uh no joke the literally the hottest day of the year that year in new york which is hot you know it's like twice as bad as other places because it just sits in you you know you're just there's no air it's fucking nasty and then i had to have chocolate all over me <laughs> so i have like chocolate pudding and stuff and then i was he, we went to this restaurant everything's like kind of stolen and shot super quickly and we're walking down like in uh soho in the village and stuff and um and he uh he wants me to say uh to get to get say like racist things and we're eating we're at this italian restaurant and uh um like right on uh, like west third or something like right open where a bunch of tourists are and you know, that's all. All I need is the green light for that. Like, oh, goody. You know, my head, I'm like, I'm dressed in a giant shit costume, and I've got uh, chocolate all over my face, and uh, now I'm like, I get to say racist things in public, you know? And I'm protected by, sir, it's called art. You know? And so, and then, and then we shot on his street, the very uh, the, the last scene. Should have been wearing a flag skirt. One person like that. I, I just understand. did that for her. We have this like flag skirt joke between us. Would I understand it's if I asked her? a personal thing. No. Oh, okay. Um, but then at the end, I get to, I turn into Hitler. So we got this authentic uh, Hitler outfit, and that was even better. Now I get to be on Ninth Street in front of his apartment, and I'm screaming, you know, <laughs> these anti-Semitic, like all kinds of crazy Nazi stuff, and he's he's really not comfortable with it. Like, you know, and I'm running and I'm chasing after him and I'm screaming at him until he's just like, okay, okay, that, that is enough. Cut it, cut it. You know, because <laughs> he's in front of his building now. And he's, it was pretty fun. If that happened enjoyable. now, someone would get out their phone and you'd be on TMZ the next day. Ugh, I know. As two the guy who dresses early. up like shit. Two years too early. Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. I liked also, uh, I very much liked the movie uh, Ghost World. Oh, and yeah, that I was liked, another one that was... Uh, and I liked the name of your character in the credits. Gerald the Pushy Guy, record collector. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that really narrows it down. Because don't you hate it when you're watching a movie and it'll just say, Sam, and you're like, I don't remember what the guy in that one scene's name was, but I want, you know... You're, pushy. You're trying to match it up. But this really sells it. Like, you, oh, that guy in that scene. Like, you know exactly who they're talking about, Gerald the Pushy Guy, record collector. Yeah, that was awesome though. That was, was a, pushy. That was, that was a good scene. That was fun. That was another one. A lot of improv. A lot of improv. Just go to town. Imp yeah, 
That was good. That's awesome. But I, I, uh, there's a funny story. Oh, I um, wish we had time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Uh, we got a couple minutes. Um, we don't need to play the Leonard Maltin it was, game. It was, it was awkward, uh, but I had, I had met Dan Klaus uh, uh, through Mr. Show a couple times, and um, I talked to him. He had come see, see some shows uh, when I was doing stand-up and then when we were doing Hooray for America and stuff like that. And um, uh, so we were friendly, and we had mutual friends. And uh, um, then I got a call about uh, going into um, going in for this. Uh, the, first, they wanted me to do the comic who you see on TV that the girls are watching. I was like, oh, that's great! And I was going to do this thing, and then they go, oh, wait, no, they want they want like a bigger part for you, um, and it's the uh, the roommate. You know the guy who's uh, I can't remember his name. He's, he was like he was uh, Steve Buscemi's roommate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, great, good, all right. So they go, uh, um, yeah, they just want you to go meet with the director Terry Zweigoff, and uh, and Dan's gonna be there. Oh, great, awesome. So I get my car. I'm like, oh, this will be cool. And I uh, drive down there, and this happened a couple times before, and it's just miscommunication. I don't know where it started from, but uh, I get there. And I'll tell it this way because you can imagine how embarrassing and awkward it was. But uh, I never had the part. They, my agent told me, like, oh, yeah, they just want you to do this thing. So in my head, I'm going down to thank them, and I'm honored, and this is going to be great, and it's going to be fun. Let's do this. To, and to them, uh, I mean, I don't know what was going through their <laughs> head, but they're like, yeah. who's this arrogant fucking guy? I mean, I, you know, and... Uh, um, I'm there to audition to read for it, and it, and then it was just really like humiliating because uh, uh, what's her name, um, Thora Birch was there, and, uh, <laughs> and the casting person. And there were a lot of people, and I'm sitting there going, "Hey, man, how are you? Oh, good. I'm psyched to do this. this is going to be good, Dan. You know, I've been a fan for." And just saying all like, "Oh God," and then it's like revealed, and it and it was one of those things where it just wasn't told to me. It was like. All of a sudden, I'm understanding what's happening. I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> right. I don't... No, no, no. I'm not that good. <laughs> I'm just... All right. We'll read. Uh, and then... And then, so I was already, like, kind of pissed off and felt... Tom something, the roommate. Yeah, Tom, the non-pushy roommate, I think is his name. And uh, um, compliant and amiable. Um, uh, and so then I'm reading and I'm already in a like, kind of a weird mood and uh, it's it's really embarrassing there's no way to, there's no break in the shame there's no like it just went from there to stepping in this room to read so there was no like can I go to the bathroom and think about things you know like, uh, so I went in and then he asked me to read like this roommate and uh, and then the director uh, keeps stopping me and saying, well, this guy's based on my, on this guy I know, my an old roommate I had in San Francisco, and he's more like this and this and this. So, oh, okay. So I read it more like that, and then he stops me like a good two or three times where, and I rarely get like this where I was like, hey man, I don't know your roommate. <laughs> Nobody knows your roommate. Why don't you just get your roommate and cast him because. I, I mean, I'm an actor, and I'm trying to put a spin on this the way I saw it on the page. But, I, I mean, otherwise, just go record him saying these lines, and I'll try to imitate him. But why did you, why did you bring me down here? 
you know, it was really like weird. Like, I don't know. He keeps saying like, well, that's not how my roommate talks. Like, I don't know your roommate. <laughs> Neither does anybody who's going to see this movie. What the? God. And then you got the part. No, I got the part of the pushy record guy. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> but still, that they put you in the movie at all, though, it's like, it's, uh... That was a, you know, a tit. That was a cracker. That was like, <laughs> all right, I'm sorry you felt bad, you know. Wow. No, it was, it was, a, it was a strange afternoon that, uh... Um, and I also remember going to... You just um, weren't fat. Like, you wanted to be fat, maybe. Or, like, you I know... Can eat. I know how to eat. A portly I know dude. how to eat. You could never do it. I could eat you that couldn't, much. You could become eat. a fat guy for something. I did. I did. I became a fat guy for another movie. What and movie? That, that, that never came out. Voiceover thing you did. <laughs> <laughs> no, it never came out. It was this movie I did, and then I had to lose all the, that weight for Run, Ronnie, Run. Another movie that never came out. You know. So right. here I am. It's God's plan to have me on a yo-yo diet. I don't know why. <laughs> and his infinite wisdom. Oh God. Well, uh, we've run out of time. Uh, David, sorry everybody. Um, that's all right. You've but guys you know, have been people delicious. that are listening to this on their computer, you know, that's that's enough. Well, what if they downloaded it from their computer, put it on one of those little uh, dealing with bobs, take yeah. it on the subway with you, and they can take it on the subway the, or the plane or whatever? But you know, thirty minutes is enough, don't you think? No. I'll be back on again. Audience, next spoke. time you're in California, you can do it again. And for me, I have to say this: don't forget to sign up for the Laugh Bank. I've done it a hundred times. It's fun. <laughs> I added the last part. I didn't have to say that. Until next time, this is Doug Benson saying, Willem Dafoe is a shithead. Is he? Now it's time for Doug to watch another talkie. Eyes of gold is viewing prowess makes him cocky. There's no room.